We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Unfortunately, we are without boss today. He had to stay at work. Someone called out. He was so tight. He was. He was really angry. You don't, don't see know. boss get worked up often. He was worked up. Yeah, he was pissed. <laughs> it was because he's missing the episode, first and foremost. But oh, yeah. also, he won't be playing Call of Duty later. That's true, too. <laughs> he's probably really upset about that. More than this, to be honest. I'm calling again via uh, telephone because I think I got the flu. That's good. And also, because uh, unlike Joe, I still live at home. Unlike <laughs> Tim, I still live at home. And I didn't have an automobile to drive down. So also, I think I think Tim might have gotten me sick. I know me and Tim are uh, bumping, butting heads lately, but uh, yeah, I think Tim gave me the uh, sickness with all that coughing in the studio. <laughs> First of all, I've been sick too. There's a concoction. I think I may have done it to both of you, ha, yeah, fuckers. That's what yeah. you get. Man, I woke up the other day and my fucking nose was just shut. <laughs> I couldn't do anything. And then I had the neti pot. You know neti pot. You were telling me about that the other day. Yo, it's trash. Yo, my girl has that, and I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah, and yo, it's so fucking it looks, stupid. It's like a tea kettle that just goes in your nose. I mean, yo, it kind of worked. Yeah, it does? Yo, I mean, it kind of did. Okay. But it's like, it's funky. Like, I don't like it. Yo, I, I don't want anything in my nose. It's fucked I know, up. It's, t- it's fucked up. I'm like, my sister's fiance is like, yeah, it's just going to feel like you're, you know, shoving water up your nose. I was like, I really don't want to do that like <laughs> you know what i mean like really bad i'll just blow my nose like what do you want i also hate the feeling of congestion that's like my besides nausea my number one like fuck that i'd rather be physically punched in the face than be congested <laughs> like that's so much more of like an easier pain to handle yeah because yo it was only my left nostril and my left cheek and like temple were just like it sucks someone was pushing them out and then sometimes it's like you blow it and it's like, ha ha, fucker, you only made it worse. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Um, <clears throat> anyway, let's talk about this uh, Patriots-Steelers game because there's quite the controversy there at the end. I personally didn't see it live because I was watching the game at my mom's house and I wanted to drive back to my apartment. So I'm standing at the door watching the end of the game and I see it was Jesse James, I believe, right? Yep. Catches the ball over the... He fucking stretches over the what's the what's the the fucking plane, and I was like, all right, and I left. I was like, they scored, and I just left. Then I see the group chat flipping out like, yo, all oh, Patriots at it again, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? So for those of you who don't know, Jesse James, I mean, I thought he caught the ball, and as he stretched, he hit the floor, and the ball kind of came loose a little bit, and they ruled it an incomplete pass, and then ultimately, you know, it ended with. A fake spike pick. Um, do you know what's the worst part? If you're looking at it from a rules standpoint, like a, a lot of people are complaining about, oh, we don't know what a catch is, blah, blah, blah. 
I'm one of them. I would, but then I, I took a second, step back, and I was just like, all right, let's take this into consideration. What is the rule for a catch that we know? Like, what's the rule? And the rule is that you have to maintain possession to the ground. If you're going by the definition of a catch, it wasn't a catch, right? If you're going by what they've been calling, and you gotta, if, if you're going to be, con- like they say about umpires in, in baseball, like, if you're going to suck, suck for both teams. Just right. at least be consistently bad. The problem is I don't even have a problem with the rule. I don't even have a problem with the fact that the rule should be changed. I think the rule should be changed. What I have a problem with is that the fact is that the NFL is going way too overboard with all of this. And what I mean by that is when you're looking at the game, it's such a great game. Tom Brady comes down and leads a drive. One minute left. Then Juju Smith-Schuster breaks this giant run followed by a touchdown catch. The NFL should be being celebrated today. The NFL should be the main topic of everyone's conversation. Wow, did you see that game? What a game. Wow. Instead, you're there waiting for three, four minutes. What the fuck is going on? They're not telling us anything. Blah, 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 blah. Then they fuck up the call in a lot of people's opinions, and it just ruins everything, just takes all the wind out of the sails of what the NFL could have had and what we could have had as viewers. And man, it, it, there's, there's a point where you have to be like, damn, you're going you're gonna to review every score and every turnover. You're going to ruin the game, and this, it's, it's on the way to do that. Yeah, it's uh, the weirdest thing is that there's different rules for if you're a pass catcher and if you're a running back. So, like, if the running back just breaks the plane, how many times have we seen the running back just put his hands over the the goal line? You know, it's like first and goal from the one, and he leaps over the Ladanian Tomlinson leap, and he just puts the ball over, and then you see guys bat the ball out of his hands. Jonathan Stewart um, did that last week. Yeah, Jonathan Stewart, as recent as last week. Countless times you see it happen, and they're they're when they go and they review the play, they say the ball broke the plane, touchdown. But the rule doesn't apply the same for a pass catcher. He needs to maintain possession throughout the entirety of the catch, and that's where I think it's a little crazy. Like, why are there different rules for different players? And also, there's different catch rules depending on where you are on the field. Yeah, so my only discrepancy, because like what we are saying, where it's like, for what the NFL has been calling catches, that wasn't a catch, right? Because you have to maintain or whatever. But my whole problem with that play was he wasn't in the end zone. So that's where the, the, the rule gets changed. When you're in the end zone, you have to maintain. Or if you're on the sidelines, you have to maintain. But if you catch a ball in the middle of the field, and then you're running, and you pull it over over the over the plane, it's a touchdown. And to me, if you catch the ball on the one-yard line and you turn, that's a football move, and you stretch, that is a touchdown. That's to a me. great point. What's what's different between the Jesse James play and, and um, what's, what's his name, Geronimo Allison at the end of the Packers game? What's the difference between those two plays? Yeah, one they turned up the field. It's the same thing. Exactly. I, I don't even understand it. And, and do you know what is an even more egregious call that no one is paying attention to because this call happened? The call in the back of the end zone in the Packers-Panthers game where they called that uh, the little wide receiver. I can't remember his name. He had a pretty good game uh, that game. Demir Bird. Demir the, Bird. When they, boy. Yeah, when they called Demir Bird and they said he was in because he re-caught the ball and his left butt cheek hit in before his right butt cheek hit in. Like, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, honestly, you're going to say he's in because his butt cheeks separated? What are you going to say? His left knuckle was inbounds, his right knuckle was out of bounds? Like, you can't do that. Like, either his hand was out or not. Either his ass was out or it wasn't. And it was. He was out of bounds. And they just called it. And that was a game. You're talking about changing the fate of home field advantage in the AFC. That changed the entire NFC. If Aaron Rodgers is in the playoffs... That changes the whole face of the NFC. I know. I wanted that so bad. And you look back at it, and it doesn't. It's not as mind blowing because everyone's watching the Steelers game. But it's the same shit. It's the same exact shit. It's just another another week where we have to talk about refs. 
It's just, uh, you know, like I said, the, the only problem I have with that call is that I think if you catch the ball in at the one-yard line and you turn up field, that is a football move. That's what you need to do. You need to catch the ball, make a football move, and then you have possession. A turn to me is a football move. If you can catch it and turn your entire body, that is a football move to me. You have possession of the ball. And he turned and and reached for it. I think that's a touchdown. I do. But, I mean, you know. Yo, I think that it's just way more difficult than it should be. Like, if I'm standing in the back of the end zone, right, I'm, sta- I'm not moving at all, and you throw me a pass, Joe, in the back of the pylon, and I just catch it and don't move, right? That's a touchdown, no? I don't need to make a football move. Where am I, where am I going to go if I'm in the end zone? Right. Like, I feel as if they make it way more difficult than it should be. Um, like, like uh, I, I think another call, Tim brings up a good point, how, once again, we open up with the referees, people are going on Twitter, and they're just losing their mind. What about this call in the Cowboy uh, Raider game last night, right? Don't you think that if I'm trying to make a play, like Derek Carr was going to make the play of the weekend, and he fumbles out the end zone, and you lose possession there? Like, don't you think that needs to be addressed also? We've seen that way too much this year, too. That that has been a, a really big case. Like, I for in this particular one, I it was kind of obvious. Like this one, he clearly lost possession of it. But there's been cases, the famous ASJ case, that this that's another ridiculous thing. That that's a, that's a rule that definitely has to be revisited as well. That if you fumble out of the end zone like that, it's a change of possession because that's crazy. Yeah, I don't like that at all. That changes the swings and momentum of the whole game, and and. and it's it's football plays trying to be made. Like it Derek also just doesn't even make sense to me. Why would that be a change of possession? I get it, but why? I don't understand. If it goes out of bounds, it's not a change of possession. Why is it? The, why is it because it goes through the end zone? I, I I get it. I can't explain it, but I get it. I I, I, <laughs> like I do not get a change of possession the concept there. of it. I don't get it because like if I fumble out if I have the ball and I fumble out of bounds I just get the ball where it went out of bounds. Yeah, but if uh, technically that's not in bounds, it's, it's you're fumbling it out of the out of bounds side, like all the way to the other end. Like you're fumbling out of your, like you know. I know that, but I'm saying like th- that shouldn't earn the other team. The other team shouldn't earn the ball because of that. Yeah, that I mean that's a whole other issue, honestly. Yeah. Jesus, yo, like. It's it's way too difficult. Do you hear tri- Tim trying to explain this? Could you imagine yeah. Tim having to explain this to someone that's never watched football before? Yeah. Yo, it's way too difficult. Like, they need to make it easier. I agree. And, yo, I, I feel like the NFL is just kind of, like, trying to to cover, like, remember the Calvin Johnson play that started this all? That was the most ridiculous thing in the world. I feel like they watched that play, and they made the rule based on what the call was in that play, because that play was so famous. Like, they've been trying to make that a not a catch for mad years and and it's fucking complicated everything yeah i don't uh, yeah i it, i really don't understand it it's yo for you uh conspiracy guys out there and i know tim has a little conspiracy theorist guy in him did you guys know that um the guy the officiating staff in the steeler pittsburgh game is the same referee that overturned the austin safarius jenkins touchdown with the uh, jets and pats earlier this year oh god mm. Here we go. Interesting. Buckle up. Also, hold on. It gets better. So this guy was uh, the head official of the Pac-12 in college football. Um, Sorry, he was the officiating commissioner in 2014, forced to resign for several, ready for this bar, dubious calls in big games. Oh, shit. How does someone get forced to resign and then get an NFL job? If, if, If he's getting paid by the right people. But I'm just saying. How is he forced to resign? Everyone's like, you know what? Let's get him in here. Higher, Yo, higher league, stakes. <laughs> leagues are leagues are legendary. Let's let's go back to that uh, that boxing match a couple months ago, right? Golovkin and um, Canelo, right? That referee, uh, Bird, I think her name was Judge. I forget. Yeah, but anyway, she she was accused countless times for for fixing matches and like her scorecards never like corresponded with the other judges, and it's like. She constantly gets these opportunities. You have this guy that got was forced to resign. They're like, yo, they probably told him, yo, man, we're, you either got to quit or we're going to fire you and embarrass you. So, like, you pick, right? How is it that these people keep getting jobs? It's crazy. I, don't, I have no idea. And 20% of America can't get a job at McDonald's because they had weed in their pocket when they were 17. Here we go. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, looking all past that, Juju Smith Schuster. Juju Smith Schuster had a big game. Antonio Brown goes down with an injury. Fuck yo, calf injury. I don't really know what happened there, but they think that he's going to be ready for playoffs. Can you give me a minute to vent? Just one minute. No, like thirty seconds. Go ahead. I had Antonio Brown on my twelve and one fantasy squad, man. Twelve and one. This is a really unfortunate injury, like a very timely injury. Like championship is next week. I lost because of that, and That's he had bad. Todd Gurley. He put up one sixty against me in a half point PPR. <laughs> That's a lot. Dude. And I didn't have Antonio Brown. I put up one thirty myself. I think I didn't even check after he went down. I think I got up to one thirty. I hope. I hope. Oh boy. What sucks about that injury is, you know, this was a lot of people were saying was the showcase game, obviously of the week, game of the year. Um, but for him, you know, an NFL MVP has never been awarded to a wide receiver. And if he would have lit it up, I think that it becomes that like public narrative, right? Like remember last year with the MVP with uh, Russell Westbrook, every night triple double, um, no one on his team is any good. He's on Sports Center every night with um, with like uh top 10 dunks and all that and then like antonio bono is you know wentz went down um rogers is out russell wilson his team is questionable to make the playoffs right now brady is having a good year but he's had some bad games and it's like the only consistent piece this year has been antonio brown and for him to go out it just like i think now you could kind of pencil in new england to make the super bowl again and that's another thing that we got to touch on with that call now, road got to go through Foxborough, and that's been a house of horrors for Pittsburgh the last couple of years. Yes, it has. That was such a giant, giant, giant difference. And you saw the way that they played at home when they played the Patriots versus when they played the Patriots on the road. They turned Brady over th- for the first time in 12 years yesterday. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Like, this is a team that struggles. This is a team that has their number. Gronk and had a giant game, too. Gronk is the man. Uh, maybe double cover him. Maybe. Maybe give right. that a shot. What do you guys think about the last call? So Big Ben says that he was trying to uh, to spike it, and then he heard Todd Haley in his ear. The, don't spike it. Yeah. Don't spike it. Don't spike it. Don't spike it. He goes up. No one knows what's going on except him. He And Eli Rogers is the only one who makes the move to the inside. Well, usually that's how it goes. I mean, we saw when they ran the fake spike. Uh, Antonio Brown. Last year. I'm sure there's like a hand signal, like yo, run some shit. Well, they must have missed it because he was the only one running a route. That's right. why he had to force it in the middle, and that's why there were six Patriots around him. I think it was the same case though for Antonio Brown when he caught the game-winning touchdown. I forgot who they played. Uh, it was the, the Cowboys last year. Oh, it was the Cowboys. Um, didn't they do it this year? Or am I crazy? I think you're crazy. I, don't, uh, I think I, they I don't ran know, a fade this year, a fake spike fade. I'm not sure, but I don't um, remember. Uh, they, but. That you got on that play too, no one else ran a route except Antonio Brown when he called it like a fade. So I think for that, it's like a hand signal or something. But like even so, why do you not clock it? Like why do you not spike it? Like you could – how much time was on the clock? I mean it would, it would have made it to fourth down. Even Romo was on the broadcast going, don't spike it, don't spike it, don't spike it. And I agree, don't spike it. Go for it because what do you have to lose really? You have one timeout left and it's going to be fourth down. So – Throw one that can't be picked. Like throw, and, and, it's, and you're only down three. So remember, this is the difference between losing the game and kicking a game-tying field goal and going to overtime see what happens there. So throw a fade. Throw something. You got Martavis who he hasn't been great this year, but he made two one-handed catches. One of them was super spectacular. He's been playing more in the, in the offense, and he's six fucking four. Oh, man, I don't throw know. It, throw it up to someone. Throw, throw a fade. Make sure it's either your guy is going to get it or no one's going to get it. How much time was left? Do you know? There was more was, more than enough time. It was, it was like 15, 16 seconds. Yeah, more than enough time. Yeah, you got to run a play. So I think that Ben, the moment that Eli Rogers is the only one double covered. Oh, well, yeah, he's double covered because he's the only one running a route. You've won two Super Bowls. You've been in the league for 15 years. I feel like you should have thrown that away the moment he saw he was covered and then kicked the field goal. Um, he did force that ball in there. And let's face it, um, it's Eli Rogers. Like, if that's Antonio Brown and you're slinging it in there, I feel like I give you more of a pass. But to Eli Rogers, like, this guy was inactive many times this year. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Because uh, I saw the interview where he was saying, where he was explaining this, and he was saying that he was telling everyone, like, yo, get down, we're going to spike it. 
And then they were in his ear saying, don't spike it. So then he throws a quick hand signal. Yo, you got to get this fucking 12 seconds left. Hike the ball, try to fit it in there. So it's like, it's tough, man. You can't, I don't know. It's really hard. It's tough. But you, you got to do I mean, literally anything in that situation besides <clears throat> throw an interception. Like that's really the only thing you could do. Because even if you throw an intentional grounding, you're still only losing five yards and you still have a, a chip shot field goal. Yeah. Throw it somewhere else. <laughs> Anywhere else. <laughs> Throw it. Just not to the Patriots. Um, all right. Let's uh, move on to a different game here. Uh, Broncos beat the Colts 25-13. Oh, boy. C.J. Anderson had a hell of a day, 158 yards. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> I could have used that earlier in the year. Yeah, right? Freshly off some waiver wires. Um, I don't know what the fuck to say about this game. I hate both these teams. Forget them. Chuck Pagano's going to get fired. <laughs> you could say that. Do you, know, do you know what's an interesting name to talk about? We could talk about coaches uh, at a different time, but I'm interested to see what's going on with Bill O'Brien, speaking of coaches. Bill I think O'Brien. he could be a big difference maker. He's a good coach. He's never had a quarterback. When, if, you, if you get him a good team, he could really coach a team. I mean, he's got a quarterback now. Tom Savage just went out too. TJ Yates? I'm talking about like next year. They're going to fire him maybe. I mean, yo, get some Watson in there. <laughs> um, what else we got here? Lions beating the Bears 20-10. to 10. Mitch Trubisky, 300 yards, three picks. Uh, Jordan Howard having a typical Jordan Howard follow-up game. 10 carries, 37 yards. That's what happens when your offense is unpredictable. Dude. I, the Lions are a really good team at beating bad teams. So I expected this one. But they keep themselves alive in that hunt. So shout out to the Lions making big moves. Their their schedule is a cakewalk, if I'm not mistaken. So, hey, they have good a chance as anyone to get in there. Lions still don't scare me. There's nothing so far I've wanted to say about these last two games. So <laughs> <laughs> They're not very exciting. But the, but the Lions, the Lions get the Bengals next week and then the Packers the week after. And they're sitting in good, in, in good position to maybe make the playoffs here. Uh, Chiefs beat the Chargers 30-13. to We did not see this coming. Kareem Hunt game, which we did talk about, and I said on the, on the podcast, I mean, I did take the Chargers, but I did say if the Chiefs, the recipe for the Chiefs is give Kareem, Kareem Hunt the ball 20-plus times a game. Every time they do that, it seems to work out for them, more times than not. I think the most important thing that we underestimated is how not clutch – Philip Rivers is. There's not a clutch bone in that man's body. Hasn't been in a long ass time. And he strung together a couple wins, including a squeaker against the Browns, and we forgot about it. Three picks. I was just praising him for only throwing seven picks on the season. Three picks. Get that possibility of not ending the season with double digit picks right out the fucking window where it belongs because there's no way that's ever going to happen. And he fucked it up. It was Philip Rivers' fault. He made dumb plays. Dumb, dumb turnovers. That defense was on the field way more than it should have been, and Kareem Hunt took advantage. And it was a Kareem Hunt game. And yo, you can't play like that if you're a contender. I, I'm sorry. You, you, there's got to be a point where you're seven and seven, and that's you're seven and seven for a reason, because you're a seven and seven team. Yeah, I, I think it's a bummer that we got to deal with Alex Smith in the playoffs again. Probably, I think they're gonna end up winning the division, and. I mean, they're going to be nice to pick against in the playoffs, but as a consumer and someone that enjoys football, having to see that team again in the playoffs I think is going to be trash because I'm sorry, I know what to expect when it comes to playoffs and it's January and it's 19 degrees out and Alex Smith is your quarterback. I think that's the biggest letdown. Now, there is a way that the Chargers, if they went out and Kansas City loses out, that they can make the playoffs, but, you know, like... Tim Tim hit it on the head that Philip Rivers threw that game away, and it just sucks because I think the Chargers in the playoffs could have made noise. They still got a shot. The Bills still got to play the Patriots too, and the Ravens are no guarantee to win their next two games. So the the, the shots open, but nah. Uh, next game we got here: Eagles beating the Giants thirty four twenty nine. Nick Foles, not bad. I, I saw this stat the other day, and I wish I got a chance to share it on the podcast, but I didn't, um, I didn't get a chance to look at the actual stat until after we actually recorded the podcast, so I'm going to share it now. Uh, Nick Foles had his best year in the Chip Kelly offense, and one big part of the Chip Kelly offense was a run-pass option, 
Not many people may know this because it's not talked about too much, but the Eagles have run 20 more run-pass options than anyone else in the league. This is very much similar to the offense that Nick Foles uh, was very good in. And you saw him making a lot of good quarterback plays uh, last game. He, he looked off the, the safety on one throw where Trey Burton was wide open in the end zone. Just absolutely wide open. The reason he was wide open because he looked off that safety. So when you are when you're looking at Nick Foles and like, all right, did he just get lucky because the Giants suck? Not nah, he played good quarterback that game. He was a very good quarterback. So definitely something for if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm taking with a grain of salt, a little bit of caution, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I think that uh the RPOs, that's something that um Doug Peterson said that they were gonna run a lot of in um in, in this offense because that's what Carson Wentz ran a lot of in North Dakota State and very similar to what uh, Chip Kelly ran with the Eagles. And, yeah, I think that Nick Foles, like, yo, Jeff Fisher is awful. Yeah, he um, really is. Yo, and I what feel like a he's, shithead. Yeah, he's, shithead. Ruined, he's ruined so many careers at quarterback. Case Keenum, uh, Jared Goff was where people were already selling stock on. Nick Foles was his quarterback also. And something needs to be said about situation and fit. And I think that Nick Foles with this offense, look, I still don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl because with Carson Wentz, he just does so much for that team as far as him, his escapability in the pocket. But I, I think that they could maybe host a NFC Championship game or get to that, that game with Nick Foles. And think about the squad. The squad itself is not that different than it was last year. They got a couple new wide receivers, but that's not why they're scoring the most in the NFL after scoring the least. And it's and they got a, a good a new left tackle, which yeah he's been really good, but it really ex- exemplifies just how bad Jeff Fisher is at coaching football. I hope he's fly fishing somewhere, listening to this, being like, oh, oh he is definitely oh, fly man. fishing, dude. Oh man, I don't, I feel like I feel like the Eagles have really revamped their entire team though from last year. Like they brought in Torrey Smith, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, all three of the running backs weren't there last year. Chris Long, as a defensive end, he came back and he came from the Patriots, that winning pedigree. And also Timmy Jernigan, who they signed in the offseason. Um, uh, who's the corner that they brought in from Buffalo? I keep forgetting his name. Darby. Uh, not Dar- Darby, yeah. So they, they really revamped their entire team. But uh, the cores were the defensive line and offensive line, and they brought back pretty much everyone from there. So... I think that this is a, a good team going forward, and they took care of business against the Giants in a game they should have won. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, move here. We got the Vikings beating the Bengals 34-7. to <clears throat> This was just uh, the Bengals have folded on this season. They yeah, waved the sure. white flag. Uh, right before that game or the day before that game, they said that they weren't going to bring back Marvin Lewis. Um, I know we pick on Marvin Lewis a lot, but prior to him getting there, they were legit what the Browns are now, so I want to I want to give him a little bit of credit for changing that team around. But it's just one of those things where he's overstayed his welcome too much. Um, I think he's zero and five in the playoffs with the Bengals, and I think it's just time. It's time to move on from there. And yeah, not not much more to say. Pretty cool moment. Teddy Bridgewater checking into the game. I know he threw an interception on his first pass, but it, it's bigger than that, you know. Yeah, and, and coming back into that game. With Marvin, with Marvin Lewis too, like he got the reputation and rightly so of being able to be a guy who could take guys with big egos, who a lot of people think are like dickheads, like a Vontez Perfect and an Adam Pacman Jones. Like he had the reputation of being able to be like the whisperer to these guys. And Michael Johnson, he was on the other day on the show, and he said like this guy has saved people's lives and and their careers. And I agree. I think Marvin Jones did a great job as a coach, but. Lewis, Mar- excuse me, Marvin Lewis did a great job as a coach, but when you're bringing in only guys who are dickheads and only <laughs> fucking felons, that's gonna that's gonna catch up to anyone. So you know, I'm sure he'll have an opportunity somewhere else. In a regular Bengals fashion, like the Bengals are about to go back into the Browns, like the Bengals are gonna be bad for another 15 years again, and they want to trade for Hugh Jackson. Guess what Hugh Jackson's record is? He, J- Nick, if you know this, don't answer. I do know it. I, d- I think we said you know it, was, it He has like one win. Or one something. and 29 one in 30 29. games. One and 29, yeah. 
And they, they want to trade. trade for him. What are they trading? Well done, Bengals. A Gatorade? <laughs> the fuck you trade? Well, he just got an extension from the fucking Browns. <laughs> that AFC North is trying to outdo itself for the last place spot, I think. Who knows? It's a, it's a competition everywhere in the league. Yo, shout out to the Vikings, though. They're the truth. Yeah. Um, Ravens beat the Browns. Speaking of the Browns, 27-10. Yeah. No one Sick. Saw that. No one saw that coming. Yeah, I can't. The Browns of now beat the Browns that could have been. Yo, the Ravens are going to make the playoffs. Um, they are 8-6. and six. They have a game against the Colts this week on Saturday. And then they close out the year at home against the Bengals. Uh, Baltimore is in the best position in sports where if they win out, they are in. They don't need to scoreboard watch. And look, they found themselves a bell cow back in Alex Collins. Um, though he didn't have a good game last week, he did get stuffed three times at the one-yard line. Uh, Baltimore is best when they have a solid defense and a running game, and Joe Flacco throws the ball 20 to 25 times, and that's what they seem to have been doing the last couple of weeks. Uh, The only outlier is the game that they had against the Steelers where they were forced to be in a shootout. But I don't know. This Ravens team, I just trust the coach, and I trust the, the quarterback come January. So this is a team that could make noise in the playoffs. If that noise is the noise of packing up their shit after they lose in the first round, I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, but there's a chance that they might play uh, Pittsburgh in the first round again without Antonio Brown. That's a completely different team. And then they might even play Jacksonville, who, I don't know, we do need to start buying into Jacksonville, but it's still Jacksonville. Yeah, it's hard. It's so weird to buy into these teams that... Our perennial fucking losers. Um, all right. Can we talk about Jacksonville right now since we're on this topic? Uh, sure. Jacksonville beat the shit out of Texans 45-7. Yo, Blake Bortles, can we, can we give him some credit? I took a lot of heat for two years ago making my bold prediction that Blake Bortles might be an MVP one day. All right, you're still bold. I'm still, it's still very, very bold prediction. But honestly, though, he made that game happen. And... For now, he's playing a secondary that's beyond shit. But let's for a second remember that this guy, his number one receiver and number two receiver coming to this year were Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. Both are on the shelf. Marquise Lee hit the shelf today. You're looking at Keelan Cole. You're looking at D.D. Westbrook. Both of which have been <coughs> have come into their own, I feel like. But w- they can't come into their own if they don't have a guy who's competent throwing them the football. This guy is five receivers deep, making them all look like they're gods. The Keelan Cole had... 176 yards yesterday or 186 yards yesterday that is ridiculous and a lot of that has to do with the fact that Blake Portals put them in a position to be there and he's making throws and they didn't even have a running game yesterday Fournette was out and Ivory did not play well talk about guys getting stuffed at the goal line Ivory kept getting stuff at the goal line they kept handing the ball to fucking Tommy Bohannon and when when you have when you have no running game like that, you need to be the person. You can't just be the guy who doesn't turn the ball over. He actually took those reins, and he was fucking good. Also, this guy, Jaden Mickens, I didn't know who that was. Caught two touchdowns in that game as yeah. well. Yeah, little guy. Fast fucker. Uh, I want to show love to DeAndre Hopkins, who continues to put up monster games despite having um, a just just a bunch of legends in <laughs> football. Um, like the yeah, legendiest of legends. Yeah, like the biggest legends out there. Um, yeah, uh, Jacksonville, man, if Fournette could get going and, you know, people are saying that Bortles just needs to be Trent Dilfer, um, hey, they can make noise. And look, right now, they might host a home playoff game after a bye week. So mm. this is a team that you got you to gotta start taking serious. Yo, if, if they get the Ravens in the first round... I'm I'm not picking against I'm not picking against them. That's for sure. If they get anyone except the Steelers or the Patriots, I'm not picking against them. Mm. All right, uh, let's move here. We got the Redskins beating the Cardinals twenty to fifteen. Okay. Yeah, this yeah I mean, <laughs> I don't have I don't have much to say about this game really. Yep. Um, we can move on to the next, next one. Hit. Next. Uh, the Panthers. Beat the Packers 31-24, crushing playoff hopes. 
Yeah. First of all, well, here's, here's the thing, right? So I don't know when we're putting this episode out, but regardless, if we do put it out on Monday night, um, some people might hear it Tuesday, obviously. So if Atlanta wins, Green Bay is eliminated from the playoffs. If Atlanta loses, then Green Bay still has hope, but they have to scoreboard watch. Um, what's nice for Green Bay, if you're a Green Bay fan, is that there's a lot of teams that are going to play each other that is going to eliminate one or the other. You know, So you have hmm. Dallas and Seattle playing next week. You have the Falcons and the Saints playing this week. You got Carolina hosting the Falcons at the end of the year, uh, playing the Falcons at the end of the year. So you have all these games that there's a lot of playoff implications coming down the stretch. So if Atlanta does win, just know that Green Bay is deleted from playoff. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers picked up three times. For the first time in a while. He was undercutting a lot of guys. He was underthrowing. He, you could see that he was rusty. Yeah. You could see that he had some fucking screws in his fucking arm but or whatever he, the hell's going on. But he came back. Yo, can I shout out Randall Cobb for putting the entire secondary, the entire Panther secondary on skates for a second? That was, that was Yo, funny. that was a fire move. That was. I was like, oh, oh, shit. Yo, Randall Cobb still got it. Yo, he still got it? it uh, he's not even he's that old. Yo, 14 yeah, targets, seven receptions. Yeah. Guys, what his age is. Like, yeah, he's, he's like, like 28. Like, yeah. he's, like, in his prime. Like, we're like, yo, he still got it. He's fucking young. You yo, skates. I mean? They're on skates. But yo, th- how do you guys feel about Carolina, though? I, I mean, like, Super Bowl bound-wise. I really don't. I, re- I, 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 I was saying this to someone the other day. For I feel like they're not. They don't feel 10-4 and 4 to me. They don't. I don't know why. Do you know why? It's because Cam Newton plays up to competition and down to competition, because but the, still, the, like the, I just don't like I don't you know don't want you don't want to believe that the Panthers could win the Super Bowl because they've lost to a shitty squad this season. Like I'm trying, I'm pulling out the Panther schedule and let's let's take a look at their bad losses. They lost to the Bears. They scored three points against the Bears. They got crushed by the Saints. Yeah, and then the Bills game they scored nine points. The Bills won. game they scored nine points. Like so, when they played down to their competition. That's what happens. But Cam Newton is a big game guy, and as much as you hate Cam, he thrives in the spotlight. He he really Super Bowl. He played a good game. <laughs> he, he I mean he he didn't play a bad game, did he? I can't remember all these all these years later. I know, right? No, but I mean I just think the the team that brought them to the Super Bowl I thought was way better than this one. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. That was a better team, but I I, I think that this team can make some noise. Like that NFC is wide open. Like which quarterback in the NFC are you so confident in? That you're gonna be like, all right, he's way better than Cam Newton. He, he there's no way Cam and, and the Panthers could beat them in a super, in a in a playoff game. You're not getting anyone because Matt Ryan is not might not even make the playoffs. Russell Wilson might not make the playoffs. But Aaron Rodgers is not gonna make the playoffs. Carson Wentz is hurt. That's a lot of elite guys not in the playoffs. But I think like the Vikings are a way better team than them. True, but it, Cam could take over a game against the Vikings. And he and they just beat them. That's true. Cam could step up and take over a game against the Vikings. You don't know what Case Keenum looks like in the playoffs. Man, it's weird. And yo, one more thing about Cam. Son got his dog back. <laughs> he did. Greg, big way. Greg with the third leg, nine for 116 and a touchdown. What's your yo, name? So, so uh, yo, once again, there's something to be said about having your guy out there that when things get tough, you check it down. Greg Olson, five of his catches went for first downs on third down plays. Um, it's just he the offense just looks better when he's out there because it opens up the entire middle of the field. And at age 32, still getting it done. Um, a lot of people were concerned about his uh, lack of production last week against the Vikings. But I, was, I think I pointed out on here that he played 92% of the snaps so the foot wasn't a concern because if it was a concern, he wouldn't have played that much. And he put up a monster game this week. And I think that it all comes back to Cam. Uh, like Tim said, he does show up in big games for the most part. But if I know what kind of Cam I'm getting, I think that this team could get back to the Super Bowl again. Look, Cam had 242 yards through four touchdowns. And he threw four complete passes to wide receivers. That's why this team is so dangerous. That's exactly why. Because you don't know where it's coming from. 
And it could be anyone. It could be the running game one day. It could be Cam's leg the other day. It could be Greg Olson. It could be Christian McCaffrey, who had a great game. He was all over the field, could not be stopped. Let's cost them the game with that uh, onside kick, too. Almost. But then, oh, yeah. McCaffrey, yeah. But then Geronimo Allison's catch was a catch, even though Jesse James wasn't a catch. <laughs> That was so upsetting. I bet you if he takes that ball and reaches forward and drops it, it's not a catch. But since he didn't do that and they stripped the ball from him, it's a fumble. Yo, also, if you look at the box score the last couple of weeks, this Carolina team is very similar to the Carolina team that made the Super Bowl because Cam's getting it done with, like, Philly Brown back then. Ted Ginn uh, rejuvenated his career, right? This dude, Demir Bird, scored two touchdowns. Like, Funches was... What, he had one catch, I think, mm-hmm. and then he got hurt. So, like, he's doing it with so many different pieces, and that's how it was when they were doing, making noise and dabbing and shit and MVP cab. I just dabbed on the webcam. I know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yo, I think they're 5-1 and one since the trade with Kelvin Benjamin. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so they said- I, I like this team going forward. And if Keekley's healthy, obviously he's the biggest X factor too. Yo, Benjamin was wasn't lining up outside. He was lining up on the inside, really clogging things. That's what the G- GM said when they traded him. Like, yo, we gotta we gotta open shit up. It's open. Moving. Open for business. Um Saints beat the Jets thirty one to nineteen. Yo, shout out to the Jets for sticking in there, hanging in there strong all the way to the end. I know that this season is a complete lost season for my franchise. And we could have either <laughs> made the playoffs if a couple bounces here and there went our way, or we could have sucked real bad and got a nice quarterback in this draft. Who, uh, by the way, I'm just I'm spending every day that I'm looking at these quarterbacks, <clears throat> just trying to convince myself that their flaws are too much to be good in the NFL. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, Josh Rosen, he's gonna suck. Sam Darn, oh, Darno, USC quarterbacks are never good. <clears throat> Fuck that. But yeah, good shout out to them. Because, um, yeah, shout out. How do, you guys feel, how do you guys feel about the Saints? This is a team that you could see, <coughs> Super Bowl team? Yes. Yeah, I don't see why not. I don't see why not at all. They have everything you need. They, Marshawn Lattimore is back. That defense is back. His, his, his presence was sorely missed. And that two-headed running back combo, you saw that Kamara didn't have a great game. But Melvin Ingram did because one of them's oh, uh, Melvin Ingram. Mark Mark Ingram did because one of them's always going to have a great game. Drew Brees was slanging the ball all over the place. I think the look like I said this about the Saints. The thing I am most suspect about in their entire squad is Drew Brees. <laughs> like he's the most suspect thing yeah. at the moment, and their run D is questionable. But that's the most suspect thing on the entire squad. That's a good squad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you get Kamara back, like, yeah, and Mark Ingram's balling out. Like, yo, they both are just, like, at no point does the defense get a break. Like, both these guys can do two different things. Michael Thomas seems to be getting it going. That's two games in a row where he's, like, putting up legit numbers. Nice catches, too, against the Jets. Yeah. So, you, you don't want to get that boy going. No, <laughs> Trust me. I mean, not that he's not going. He's got 90 catches. Fucking killing it. But... Yeah, so Saints. Marcus Colston esque. I'm, I'm like, I'm rooting for the Saints and or Vikings, like from this point forward. Like, I want one of them to win. I, I said the Saints at, at week four had a chance to win the Super Bowl. I remember I picked them at the quarter show, I think, to be in the Super Bowl for the NFC, and I want to feel special. Yeah, I hear you. So I'm going with the Saints. Um, I'm hitching my bandwagon on another NFC team, and I love their odds also. So we'll get to them in a little bit. But <laughs> yo. Tim, I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, Drew Brees before when you were talking about the quarterbacks that uh, you know Carolina would have to go through. Um, it's That's crazy true. that Drew Brees is a cause for concern now if you're the Saints. I mean, is he? I wouldn't. I, I think that it's clear that he's regressed a bit. He's still good. Like he's still, but he. I mean, then again, they don't ask him to do as much as they as they did in the past. So. Maybe here's the thing. Maybe is he a volume guy? Because there's been a couple times that he's had a chance to bring them back late in games, and he's failed so far. They've have, they haven't had really a fourth-quarter comeback. Now, that's what Drew Brees does, and he could do that whenever he wants, probably. But you haven't seen it yet this year. So that does it – is, it's close for concern. It is tough to, you know, completely change your game. And, I mean, you rely on that those two running backs a lot. You know what I mean? Like, they are – I would – you know, to the naked eye, they seem like 80% of the offense, uh, Kamara and Ingram. 
and then to put it all on your shoulders like oh we can't go to them now because we're down and there's not much time left and now we got to sling the rock it's like you know and outside of fucking michael thomas who's catching the ball over there willie sneed has like 1.2 catches this season like yeah, are they even running their routes? Ted like, Ginn. I don't even know. Like, are they even like, yeah, if, he's not even going to throw it to me. Why am I going to run this? I mean, Ted Ginn. Get the Ohio State, Michael Thomas, and Ted Ginn connection out there. Connection. Um, Got the Buckeyes running flies. The Buckeye flies. Okay. That's yeah. your new Goodbye. That's your new nickname, Saints receiving nope, core. It's not. The Buckeye flies. Bills beat the Dolphins 24-16. to uh, Jay Cutler coming off a hot game. Puts it right out with three picks, no touchdowns. Yeah, you guys still want to laugh at me about the New England lost that game on purpose theory? You guys still laughing? They lost that game on purpose, I promise you. I don't think they lost it on purpose, but I do think on that purpose. maybe it was like a look ahead. Like, I'm, who gives a shit about the Dolphins? Yeah, we got the Steelers. Nah, they, they Bill Belichick planted that L. <laughs> I promise you, I promise you. I, I hope the 30 for 30 comes out where he finally says it like, yeah, we threw that one. We wanted the guys <laughs> in the locker room to be, we'd be like, yo, that's the greatest coach of all time. There's no way, yo, yo, the fucking Dolphins suck. There's no way the Patriots lost to them. The Bills are another team that's like so confusing. One week they look great, one week they look terrible. One week their coaching staff looks like it should be fired. The next week Sean McDermott looks like he's the coach of the year. Makes no sense. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it, Bills. I don't understand what's going on. It goes back to uh, LaShawn McCoy, I think, if you're Buffalo. The more touches he gets, similar to Kareem Hunt, the more he produces. Um, by the way, uh, I waited this long to announce that I've been accused of a massacre, uh, an analing, if you will, of what I did to Tim's fantasy team. And the reason why I bring that up is because two guys featured in this particular game, uh, McCoy and Landry, both on my fantasy team and VM, yeah. uh, just an absolute shellacking of him. <laughs> the C plus roster buzzies are going off to the championship. Tim, any uh, final thoughts on this uh, VM league? Your team still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But yo, McCoy, right? In games that the Bills have won this year, how many touches do you think he gets in games that have come in a victory? Touches meaning rushes and uh, catches. Yeah, to- total time. Gotta that he be. Touches the ball. I would say it has to be over twenty. Twenty-five. Uh, Twenty-five point six. Hello. Good, good guess, Joe. <laughs> In losses, thirteen point eight. Yeah. So, anytime McCoy gets the ball, they win. Every time he doesn't, they lose. And he's a running back, one of the few running backs in this league that are three down backs. Though they do take him out on third down, he is a guy that if they ask him to be out there all three downs, he's more than capable of doing. Especially um, in the playoffs. He, He's he's po- yeah, especially that he's uh he's on pace to have a career high in receptions. So this is a guy that's getting it done in all all phases of being a running back. So I think that Buffalo they need to they need to keep feeding him the ball. You know, I, like that's true, but like uh, I like to say, take that with a tiny grain of salt because you know a lot. The less touches that McCoy gets definitely result in losses, but the when they go down and they have to pass, that could also re, that also is a re, like results in less shady. So the the Bills has got to get the Bills got to score early. If the Bills get down, they can't come back, and that's the Bills' problem yeah. because because they're so reliant on shady. Uh, Rams. A deep dicking, deep dicking to the Seahawks, forty-two to seven. Like in the in the section on Pornhub where you have to like actually like really dig down to see that. I don't know what the hell you're referring to, but like the sections, <laughs> the categories, the categories. There you go. Todd Gurley, four touchdowns, three on the ground, hundred fifty-two yards, caught three balls, twenty-eight yards, and another touchdown. This guy just went fucking ape shit. I, I hate that I'm going to put myself over, but I'm going to put myself over. <laughs> myself um, over. <laughs> so, you know, using the wrestling term. But I mentioned on uh, Degeneration Bets last week, right, on the DFS episode. And it's something that you could tie into real life football. So Todd Gurley is getting a usage rate and a workload similar to Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson last year, right? And we were all hyping them up as having record-setting years in the fantasy world. But those two guys 
Gurley is getting the same workload and usage rate. What's the difference? At this point last year, with two games left in the regular season, Bell had 13 touchdowns and David Johnson had 16 touchdowns. Gurley just hasn't hit the end zone much this year like they were. So that's why he was flying under the radar. Um, I mentioned him as an absolute home run play this week. If you played him in DFS or if you had him in your yearly lineups, I mean, not that you would sit him anyway, but it was just such a good matchup for them. Uh, the Seahawks are just banged up, and now it seems like there's a lot of controversy. I don't know if you guys saw Eric uh, Earl Thomas came out and said that, yeah, you know, maybe Bobby Wagner shouldn't have played because he was injured and hobbled and the backups would have done better. And then Bobby Wagner kind of took the high road saying, like, yo, you know what, man, you should worry about you should worry about yourself and what you do and don't worry about me. I wouldn't be out there if I didn't think that I was capable of. So it, it seems like when that core isn't together of the Legion of Boom that there are there's a rift between the players over there. Um, the Rams, I love this Rams team. Dude, it was 21 nothing with six minutes left in the first quarter. Like they put up points and bunches. Huge statement win for them. If you weren't taking them serious, I think you should. Uh, their schedule this year hasn't been a cakewalk and they've dominated games that were supposed to dominate they have some i think that if you were to look at every team's schedule this is the team with the most impressive wins so they won in dallas um they won in jacksonville which now jacksonville is one of the best teams of football i know at the time it didn't seem that way and then they beat the rams uh they beat the saints granted without the two cornerbacks like tim would say his bar take it with a grain of salt and then they just go into seattle and beat the living piss out of them. So I like this Rams team going forward. Um, yeah, Rams up. That I mean, there's not much else to say besides that. Like, you, if you don't like this Rams squad by now, you got to get on board. This team is for real. They are coached by a real staff. They have a real quarterback back there. And Todd Gurley's fucking real. And I was one of the people who were like, yeah, you know, Todd Gurley, don't draft him in fantasy this year. <laughs> fucking thank God you didn't listen to me if you did, because he's an animal. Jeff Fisher is a fucking piece of shit, and there's there's really not much else to it besides the Rams are real, and I'm gonna. It's gonna be interesting because I I think they're a year away from being a Super Bowl contender in terms of like just being ready for playoff action. They also they're kind of a finesse squad, an out in space kind of squad. They can't really run between the tackles as well as they should be able to. Uh, I, I'd like Todd Gurley to run in, within the tackles a little better because in the playoffs you're going to have to be more physical. So I'd like to see this finesse team in a physical matchup. Uh, but I, then again, the most finesse team in the NFC last year made it all the way to the Super Bowl, so it could be just the age of finesse. We'll see. I think that this is exactly the year that they could make noise because next year Carson Wentz is going to be back, Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. You're going to have all these, you know, the the Seahawks are going to be healthy. I think that this is their year to seize that opportunity and make a late playoff run and potentially go into the Super Bowl. Mm. It'll be This is going to be a good fucking playoffs. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, Jimmy G gets it done. 49ers beat the Titans 25-23. That's a sexy quarterback right there, man. Oh, yeah. That is a that is sex <laughs> on a stick right there. Marquis Goodwin, man. 114 if, yards, 10 catches. Yo, he's nice. He is. First of all. Second of all, Jimmy G, also nice. <laughs> if I was a San Francisco fan right now, I'd have the most giant boner in the history of boners just for this guy. He is the franchise. I'm going to be like, finally, it's here. Jimmy G is the truth. There's not really much else to say besides that. And also, Robbie Gold, I don't think, has missed a field goal, if I'm not mistaken, since being released by the Bears. Uh, so take that. Two, he's missed two field goals since being released by the Bears. There you the go. The Bears have gone through two kickers in that time period. Uh, that's a big, fat suck on the D. <laughs> yo, yo, Tim, what about what I text you prior to, uh, I think it was Friday I texted you about Robbie Gold? Yeah, you did. He's like, yo, start Robbie Gold in your fantasy lineups. I did, but the rest of my fantasy lineups sucked, so <laughs> didn't make a difference. So uh, what I said about Robbie Gold was the Niners, since Garoppolo became the quarterback, are top three in um, yards, right? They struggle inside the red zone. And why do they struggle inside the red zone? No the number one receiver is 5'8". Yeah. Trent, Trent Taylor is 5'6". Um, Kittle and Selleck aren't really scaring you, and they're kind of undersized for tight ends. I think Selleck is 
a little bigger, but come on, like he's a backup tight end. They don't have a big threat tight end. As I was watching this team, you know who I thought of would be amazing on that team? And I know it's never going to happen, but could you imagine Megatron coming out of retirement and playing for like the Niners? That'd be dope. Like a big body wide receiver and you got a quarterback that's not an asshole. Um, so anytime they get into the red zone, they're bottom three ever since Garoppolo got there. So they struggle because he doesn't have uh, big guys. And look, Robbie Gold hit five field goals yesterday in a win. Yeah, it's huge. Um, last game on the slate, uh, Cowboys beat the Raiders twenty to seventeen. This is a big. This is a big statement win for the Cowboys. You know, now, it's so weird. I'm sorry to cut you off. These are two teams that I feel like we talked about all of last year. We did. have not talked about them this year at all. Yeah, we we talked about them. I, I picked them every week last year. I it know. went very well for me. And the Cowboys too were a popular team. <laughs> yeah, at all. I, they were very good last year. The problem with Oakland is that they're not getting turnovers anymore, and that Derek Carr really needs to. We need to start being concerned about whether Derek Carr could throw down the field or not. This guy has been a little bit better, Alex Smith. So far in his career. And if his playmakers aren't making yards after the catch plays, he's not making plays. And you saw that again. That he refused to take chances yet again. Coming out of college, the biggest knock on him was he was a checkdown guy. We thought he changed that a year ago. I thought he changed that. He was taking shots down the field last year. But if you look at the numbers, those shots were very calculated and meticulous. The shots worked last year. Now they don't really have... A running game to speak of outside of the past few games. And Amari Cooper not sucking, taking the step back instead of forward, is a giant, giant, giant reason why they're in this spot right now. Because they're so reliant on those two guys. They need to come up with something. But the Cowboys, on the other hand, stay alive. They looked good. Uh, Zeke is back for fantasy championships, which is going to be nice for people. He wants to rush for 200 yards, he said. He told Eric Dickerson he was going to rush for 200 yards in his first game back. He said that? He said that. Well, he's going up against the Seahawks this week, and if he comes back, and after what you saw from Todd Gurley, I don't think that's that outrageous. Um, Dak Prescott, they've won three straight games now, the Cowboys, and Dak Prescott in his career, when he gets the league average in rushing, he is 19-3 and as a starter. So this guy needs a running game to produce. Um, what happened to Des Bryant yesterday? Crickets. Nothing. Once again, he is the most overrated wide receiver of our generation. All he does is score touchdowns. 20 to 20, he is worthless. And I will say this every week that I get tweets or I get comments on Des Bryant. I think he's overrated and he's a non-factor. He can't get separation. Uh, Zeke coming back, it's going to definitely help. But I think Morris averaging 5.3 yards per carry and Rod Smith out the backfield have been more than, more than uh, capable replacements for Zeke at the time. Yo, loser leaves town match in the fullest. Yes, it is. My favorite. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, that's uh, the NFL week 15. Remember the fuck that was? I forget what week it is all the time. Um, Let's talk about NBA before we wrap up the show real quick. Uh, Something I want to touch on. LeBron, in his last 13 games, averaging a triple-double. This guy's been on fire. 28.6 points, 10.2 rebounds, 10.7 assists which aren't far off from his season averages. He's having a fucking hell of a year. Congo. Congo. You know, a lot of people were like, does Kyrie need LeBron? But no one asked, does LeBron need Kyrie? And the answer is I think that no, no one thinks that, though. Yeah, no. He doesn't. Yeah, no shot. Now, a lot of people think that. A lot of people were like, he couldn't win a championship in Cleveland when he was 22, so he had to go to fucking Miami. <laughs> and then he had these guys, and then he had Kyrie. A lot of people doubted him. No, LeBron's fucking ridiculous. Man. This might be his best version of himself, which is crazy. It might be. Steve? He's saying how he wants to change uh, how athletes are being looked at. Like, it's year 15, and right now, if he was a free agent at this moment, he'd get a max deal, without a doubt. And usually, at this age, you don't really get those kind of deals. And, you know, him, Brady, uh, Yarmir Yager is still doing it. He's like 90 um, all these athletes with the advancement of technology and people being more aware of their diets and shit. And even James Harden has said that he doesn't drink during the NBA season anymore. 
Uh, he, he's been doing that the last two years. And look, last year he was an MVP candidate. Should have won MVP. I'm not letting that go, so you'll always hear about that. <laughs> and uh, this year he's playing like an MVP candidate. A- at the moment, him and LeBron are tied as Vegas favorites for the MVP award. So you just uh, constantly, year in, year out, you know, we sound like broken records, but LeBron just changes his game and evolves it. Yeah, it's ridiculous, this guy. Um, on the other hand, the Thunder, which is a team that got some star power in this offseason, kind of struggling right now. What's is, What seems to be the reason there? I have a theory. I think you know what my theory is already. Of course. This, anyone who listens to this show and listened to it during basketball season last year knows how I feel about Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony is an absolute cancer. He is a growth that cannot be removed. The minute they traded for him is the minute they decided to go down this road of unclutchness. The Thunder are bottom five in the NBA in the last five minutes of games. The 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 big three that are there are all having the worst seasons of their careers. And there's one reason for that. It's because when the ball reaches the hands of Carmelo Anthony, the ball dies. It just absolutely dies. It's dead. And you could maybe you can sometimes you could throw the dead ball at the hoop and it goes in at, at about forty two percent. Or you could just not give him the ball. And better things happen when Melo doesn't have the ball. They lost to the to the Chris Dapsless Knicks the other day. That's unexcusable. That's the exact same squad. If if Melo played for the Knicks yesterday when they lost to the Thunder, the Knicks would have been more likely to lose than they would have had Melo been on the Thunder. I think I think that's if you were to just give them Melo, <laughs> the Knicks would have been had a higher probability of losing than they did yesterday. He's the reason. He's the reason. Um, he's the, he's he's the worst. Uh, I I disagree. Um, he does play into that, but uh, I think we got to look at Westbrook. So this is a guy that everyone last year picked as the MVP. Um, he shot 400 more times than Demar Derozan, who was second. He, uh, he defended less three-point attempts than DeAndre Jordan, had the highest usage rate in the NBA. Look at who he held back, right? Cantor is having a career year without him. Oladipo is an MVP this year. And I don't mean MVP because of the fan vote. I mean, like, this dude is the best shooting guard in the Eastern Conference at the moment. Him and, like, Bradley Beal. And I know we're not used to saying that about Oladipo, but, yo, there's something about Russell Westbrook who he doesn't play well with others. Right, McDermott is a solid piece now for the Knicks. Durant left him because he wasn't getting the ball enough, and he was just, I wouldn't say a cancer, but he goes into that rust mode where he's just going to go nut and go crazy. And there's something to be said about Russ where, yo, Melo and Paul George are being held to, are having career-low shooting percentages. And that's because Russ dribbles the air out of the ball. He has more dribbles per 24 seconds than any player in the NBA. By a landslide, the ball hits his hands. You want to talk about the possession dying. He just dribbles the ball, the air out of the ball. And I think Westbrook needs to learn how to play with others because he's going to end up in Oklahoma City with like uh, Abrinas and uh, Singler on his team. And that's not going to be fun. And nobody wants to go to OKC long term because there's like windmills and shit. There's nothing like (laughs) cool to like rage out there. It's like windmills and shit. I mean, you both kind of bring up a good point. I mean, it could be a, you know even a combination of both. You know, to have two of those guys on the same team, I mean, the real person suffering here is Paul George, I guess. <laughs> Can we agree on that? Paul George, poor Paul George. <laughs> Clearly, like the third in terms of alpha maleness, maleness on the team. You know what I mean? Like he's clearly the guy who's not gonna like be like yelling at people and alpha male and all the time and like demanding the ball. He's like the Kevin Love of this squad. I think because he's checked out. He knows he's not going to re-sign there. He's like, ah, you know what? I'll deal with it now. Now the real question is, what do you guys do if you're Oklahoma City, right? Like there's a chance that Paul George isn't going to be there next year. Do you ship him at the trade deadline? I think if, you the, tra- if you're 10 games under 500 the trade deadline, how could you not? Yeah, yeah, I think you have to at this point because he's just going to get up and go and you're not going to get anything in return. This is and the place, go ahead, the go place that he's looking to go to is uh, is the Lakers, right? And they have a lot of young assets that you can maybe get in return for him. 
Hmm. And if the Lakers pull that off, maybe they can get LeBron James with a different... <clears throat> we'll see. All right. Well, uh, that is our show. Recap. Uh, Tim, where can they find you? At Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. <laughs> also, check out the Brodo Fantasy Forum. Uh, sorry, the Brodo Fantasy Podcast, where we give you your championship week players, baby. Every single player that's fantasy relevant will be talked about. Also, we got the live stream coming up on Sunday. We are taking you to kickoff with everything you need fantasy-wise. is going to be me, Nick, uh, the Brodo guys, the Degeneration Bets guys, and we're going to be gearing you up with everything we need for that for every single game, every single championship matchup. So tune in. I'm going to be tuning the fuck in. Holler. Uh, Nick? Yo, you should maybe get on that show too because last couple of weeks you've been hitting home runs on these running backs. Not this past okay. week. <laughs> this past <laughs> nah, week I but, shit the bed. But uh, yeah, um, LamVM10 on all social media. Uh, for those of you wondering, I didn't put out a Plays and Fades video last week. Uh, because I'm a legend, I was also under the, I was I was a little sick, but yeah, that'll be back this week, and um, yeah, that's it, yo. Uh, you guys can follow Boss at Endovito27 on all social media, and follow me at Joe Santagato, and follow our show at Veterans Minimum, and uh, hit up our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/veteransminimum, and that is all, and we'll see you on Friday. Peace. Let's do it again. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.